This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. It's late February, the clouds are building in the sky, so that can only mean one thing. A new NPL Queensland men's season is just around the corner. It also means it is time for the Brisbane Football Review season preview special. Hello everyone, it's James Scott and Adam with you, and we are coming to you 48 hours later than we originally planned with this show due to the uh, breaking news with the Brisbane Raw head coaching situation in the A-League, but that just means we've had a little bit more time to think about our prognostications and work out, well, let's be honest, which clubs are not going to allow us in after uh, we discuss what we're expecting from each of them. Isn't that right, Adam? Yeah, that's usually always the way, like I said, and uh, I think this season more than ever, uh, it's 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 going to be, in both the men's leagues, it's going to be tough, it's going to be tight, and there's going to be a few sets of fans that are going to be really happy with us, and a few sets of fans that probably won't be so happy with us. God, how are you going? Good. Grass is green, the sky is blue, and it's raining in NPL launch week. What a surprise, James. <laughs> yeah, that, that was something you could very easily have uh, set your watch to. Thankfully, uh, I think we can all be very glad that it doesn't look like, at the moment, it is going to be anywhere near as bad as opening weekend last year with those uh, devastating floods. So hopefully that means we can get some football in this weekend because there is a whole lot to look forward to. And... Uh, Yeah, well, we're going to run through all of the NPL clubs, plus touch a little bit on FQPL1, and we're going to do our best to try and keep this as succinct as possible, as well, as much as we're able to, which means we're going to have to get on with it. So we'll run through the clubs in alphabetical order um, and just sort of give our thoughts on the big ins and outs, the big stories surrounding each of them. Uh, We are not going to discuss any second division aspirations as it stands, because, well... We'll save that for the regular show next Wednesday, uh, just in the interest of timing. All right. So, Adam, what do you say we get started with Brisbane City? Some of the big uh, in, well, some of the big outs. The uh, centre back and coach Matt Smith left for the Raw uh, general manager spot, where he was for barely a month before getting a head coaching job in Thailand. Uh, Sam Sibitoire has gone to Rochdale, but they have brought in a few players that I'm quite looking forward to uh, seeing, as well as the coach Carl Dodd. Uh, Jason McQuasse is in there, Abraham Yango, Ollie Plusnan. Their season last year, they just missed out on the finals. It was a slow start, fast finish. My big question for you, which uh, version of this side are we going to see more of in 2023? Look, this is a, it's a tough one because obviously a couple of big names, um, obviously they have been the fabric of that club, Sam Sivitawara especially, and look, Matt Smith as well, you know, as a player and a coach. So, you know, with Carl Dodd taking over, uh, it will be interesting to see where they're at. Obviously, they're I think I think with a lot lot in this preview, I think you know, trying to refer to their pro series form so far, you know, one win, one loss. Uh, they look they're they're travelling along all right, but I think um what I think City will be up there. I think um, attacking-wise, that you know, they've got a big sign. Obviously, Jason McQuasse is a huge signing. You know, the league's league and goal scorer. Um, also, as well, um, Matt Thurtell coming back. I think is also as well. He um, 
you know, is fairly unheralded as far as, you know, been away for a number of years down in the Southern Conference. And uh, look, I think he will uh, he will certainly add some uh, firepower to that, that front line. So defensively, uh, they'll, they'll be solid as always. Uh, Daniel Bowles, obviously, is their talismanic uh, centre back there. He will obviously marshal that. So look, I expect City to carry on and be very, very close uh, to the finals race. Scott? They were top four for them in the second half of the year, weren't they, James? Really, after that big loss to Lions right before the um, Cup game where they beat them 72 hours later, ever since then, they were a top four side, basically, in terms of their form. So I expect and hope for Brisbane City's sake we're going to see that version. And I'm quite excited by their team because they've added some really good attacking talent. You mentioned um, Jason McQuarrie and and Matt Thurtle. I think they've also got Abraham Yango coming over from Eastern Suburbs that they announced earlier in their batch of signings late last year. So... A lot of attacking talent joining that side, and maybe that's where they were a little bit light last year. They had a really good backline. They brought Luke Plummer in from power, and they had a nice backline building together, and that was a big foundation for their run in the second half of the year. So dad players in the front third. I think it makes them more dangerous, and I really like the appointment of Carl Dodd. He's a he's a new coach at the MPL level, James, but he's got a lot of a lot of head coaching experience all around the place. I think he was coach of Guam for a while, coaching in other parts of Asia as well. So he's got a lot of coaching experience behind him. Newcastle Jets assistant coach as well. And the Jets as well. So he's got a lot of coaching experience. So that's a really good appointment for them. And I think it's looking on the up for Brisbane City. How far up? We'll have to wait and see. But I think I expect the second half of the year version of City to continue. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And you look at the way that they've retained that back line as well. And this also is where we have to give a little bit of a disclaimer in terms of our analysis and predictions. We're working off what we've been able to see uh, from clubs announcing their signings, their squads and whatnot, as well as uh, what we've been able to observe thus far through the first two rounds of the Kappa Pro Series and any preseason games we've been able to get out to as well. So if we're working off an incomplete picture, don't shoot the messenger. We're just working uh, off what information we've got at our hands because, as always, I have to uh, put my hand up and say there was an NPL women's season preview where because I couldn't find any information on the South squad, I picked them to finish last, and I think they wound up finishing fifth. So, yeah. Just going to say we're working off uh, what we've got available. It's a um, historical disclaimer that for you. That was two seasons ago. I know, but I feel like I have to just mention <laughs> it as well. <laughs> um, anyway, what we will say, uh, what I will say as well about Brisbane City is they've kept that back line largely intact. Uh, they've brought back Jackson Simkin, Daniel Bowles, Matt Jones, and the goalkeeper, Riley Stent, who took over mid-season, and I, I'm not going to say his insertion into the starting lineup was the reason that they changed things around. I think that's a bit unfair on uh, Juro Dragosevich as well. But when he came in, the results did pick up. You know, causation doesn't equal correlation, but he's now going into the season as the undisputed number one for City. He's got a very solid group of players in front of him, and like if City can overcome their... Oh, I like can do better than their slow start last year. There is no reason why they won't be competing uh, for the top four. Now let's move on to the Brisbane Roar. It wasn't a great campaign for them last year. They only avoided relegation because of the rules of competition, which have been changed this year after a very, very thorough examining by Adam and myself when those uh, documents were published online. We could have put together a full Sunday show with Adam's rants on that. It could have, would have gone for two hours, James. So thank goodness <laughs> that's changed. Never have, to, never have to hear about it again. But no, uh, I thought my Sunday shows were two hours when Adam went on a rant. 
That's just we... two hours of the rant. Everything else has got to be in there as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, the departures from Chris Grossman's side. Reese Gray's gone to Brisbane City. Josh Maul and Rochdale. Luke Broderick, Brisbane Strikers. Ryland Brownlee has gone to Olympic FC, um, reuniting with dear old dad there. And Kane Gibbs has gone to Peninsula Power. Uh, but even so, I think they're building a pretty solid side there. Grossman, he seems to have a pretty clear idea on the sort of side that he wants to... Uh, bring in, and now that they are facing the prospect of relegation, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these fringe A-League players like I am Marjok, Jez Lofthouse and company might be seeing a few more minutes in the NPL just to help them se- uh, secure their top flight status, Scott. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? And it's all changed this week for the Bruce Roar, obviously, a new, new A-League men's head coach and then new ideas. So those players you mentioned who've played in the Kappa Pro Series, for example, they may not be available. Available in these in the NPL because they may be they may, may be players that the new A League coach Nick Green wants to look at. With the raw, the only thing I can do is judge them on the players they have named in their NPL squad on their website, and it's a it's a better squad than they had had last year. They got Zahi Addison from Gold Coast United. He's one of my favourite players in the league as a defender. I think he's got great potential. Noah McGrath comes in from Lions, adding a bit of extra bite to that midfield mix. So it's an improved squad, but the question that is, how many games are they going to get these A-League players for? If it's for, the, for two-thirds or the majority of the season, I think they're a team that you have to keep an eye on. If it's for four to five weeks and then the rest of the year, they're without them and it's that young group of players, I think it could be a season a little bit like last year. Not necessarily at the very bottom, but where they're in and around that bottom third of the table. So it'll be very interesting to see exactly what approach they all take now that they do have the relegation question hanging over their head. Yeah, it's again, yeah, with with the raw, it's always in these predictions because we to try and figure out where they're gonna sit because you don't know. Like I said, you 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 put in players like Macklin Freak, Louis Zabala, Jez Lofthouse, Ayama Jock, um, in that side, all of a sudden you're looking mid table and perhaps even you know, potentially pushing up towards uh the uh sort of, you know, near the finals. But you take those players out and you're relying on your younger players to perform, uh, all of a sudden, it does become a very, very tricky proposition. No safety net this year because of the um, because of the rele- relegation. So, obviously, uh, it is going to be a more results-based focus. Uh, but, look, I think they've got some good players coming through. Um, obviously, you know, we, hopefully Fernando Nash can sort of improve on what he was doing uh, last year. James Nikolovsky, who uh, obviously who actually did get a um, A League contract, but I dare say he probably will spend a lot of time in the um, in the MPL side. You know, he he had a great season. James Murphy as well is another player that you know sticks out as I think as one that could certainly uh, you know progress as the season goes on. You know, both and you, and you never know what else you know is hiding amongst the other twenty three for the raw that you know, Owen Baker you know has nursed through that that side and then Chris Grossman you know calls up. So look, it's very, very hard to get a read on on the uh, young raw side. But that's I guess also makes it intriguing. Yep, for sure. And uh, someone who I think is going to be very intrigued by the performance of the young raw this season is the head coach Chris Grossman. And uh, we caught up with him a little while ago. So let's hear what uh, Grossman had to say. John Simpy Valley, coach of the Raw Academy, Chris Grossman. Chris, thanks for talking to us once again. No problems. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Um, new season just around the coins. Looking forward to getting things back underway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely our season, um, especially after last season, hasn't really stopped too much. We've 
given the boys about three or four weeks off and we've been back into things and, and back to work because obviously this season there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, expectation on it because of, of, of last year and we'll continue to learn a lot of lessons and uh, yeah, today was a Today was uh, one which we can put a brick on the wall and go, OK, well, let's start to build some, some character. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to be back. Yeah, good head out here today against Lions. You have happy with the way the side's progressing ahead of the start of the competitive games next weekend? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's been a little bit inconsistent today, which is, uh, is something you learn with young players. But, you know, today, you know, people will look at the game and go, OK, well, sat back and, and had a lot of possession. Uh, or Lions had a lot of possession. But um, we might have to do that at times this year and, and, and be a bit, you know, uh, intricate and, and pick, a, pick up a few results but at the end of the day um, we've got some good footballers and they can play football as well so um, yeah we'll build on today and um, it, was, it was a positive step forward for us. Bit of a change in structure with the academy since last time we spoke to you obviously now just a couple of senior age groups as opposed to the juniors that change things from your perspective in terms of the way things run for you? Yeah definitely definitely it's um, it's been obviously a, a club-wide change so um, I don't think any other clubs in, in Queensland have to deal with it but at the end of the day for us uh, you know Owen and I have been continuing to build the, the program from probably last quarter of, of last season obviously we gave a lot of exposure to, to young players and, and did it hurt results at times yes but I think we're going to look a lot better for it this year we've got some you know exciting talent coming through and hopefully this season after the exposure from last season they'll they'll learn from it they'll build from it and, and we'll be nice and competitive with a lot of depth this season so from your perspective as a coach it's not just about results you need to produce players for the a-league men's senior team you must be really proud that some of the players who've been in your squad in recent times have been playing in that or have been in and around that a-league men's squad over the last couple of weeks including am shock and james nikolowski who were announced as some senior contracted players in the last few days yeah definitely definitely and i think um even before that i think there's been there's been a lot that come through and it's, it's not from anything other than good performances and showing that they're within the best five players in the league that they've got opportunities in in warren squad and, and professional contracts so that's always been our challenge with players coming through our programs you need to be the best five players in in the mpl to get an opportunity and that that will never change i think you know the league is always strengthening this year obviously teams that finish well above us are, are strengthening again and we have to do that um and these boys have to understand where the benchmark is. Um, so we'll continue to keep building, we'll continue to keep pushing the, the young bodies to be better. Um, but I think there's some good signs from today that, that, that we're slowly narrowing that gap to where they need to be. There's an additional trophy this year with the Kappa Pro Series. It's another opportunity for your side to compete, but also a trophy potentially to win. Is that a, something you're really targeting in terms of getting some positive results there, or is it just another another like competition along the way in the progress? Yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of flexibility there for us. I think um, at the moment we need continuity, and, and that's been our, uh, the, the toughest thing for us over the last three or four years is that we, we haven't really had a consistent side from week to week so we'll try and push for that but at the same time there's a lot of good young players that have that have produced over the, over the pre-season that I think deserve an opportunity so it's finding that balance where we provide them with opportunities when, when they deserve it um, but we remain competitive, we remain consistent and, and we, we understand that there's, there's a big goal for us at the end of the season which is to stay in the league, to continue to build our program and provide players to the first team which is what we'll do. So the last thing didn't go as well as you mentioned, they're trying to stay in the league this year. Is that the big target to make an improvement on last year? And is that something of really looking at last year as a driving force to try and improve this year? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that has to be the backbone of the club. I think, uh, you know, as, as an A-League club, I think when you look at other clubs down south, that unfortunately their NPL clubs have, have slipped into the lower leagues of, of the NPL. I think uh, 
to entice the best young players to your club, you need to be playing in the most competitive league underneath the A-League, which at this stage is the NPL. And we have to maintain that status this year. We do absolutely everything possible. But um, I think doing that, we can continue to build. Obviously, you said there's a lot of changes, you know, in our organisation this year. But, you know, there's no excuses. We understand what we need to do. Um, will this year be difficult at times? Yes. But hopefully after, you know, a performance today, the boys can gain some hope. We've definitely gained some hope. And um, we'll continue to keep pushing until we get to what we want. Absolutely. Just finally, in terms of the competition as a whole, have you had a look at any of the matches out there in terms of what who might be some of the stronger teams to keep around this year? Obviously, you saw Lions today, but have you got an idea of who might be the stronger teams this year? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, we've been out to a few games. I've been out to a few games um, just, for, just for a bit of a look. It's, I love football and I love being out and watching football. So um, each year will bring us different challenges. You know, Lions will be very strong again. I think Knights have recruited extremely well. Um, everyone understands this year that it's, you know, you need to perform, otherwise, you get caught in a, in a position you don't want to, which is what we did last year so we'll continue to take every game uh, as it comes and provide its, its different challenges but the boys understand it's going to be a long it's going to be a tough year and um, you know we'll be ready for for the 27 28 challenges in, in front of us so I'm excited for the year ahead. Let's give one more question. I'm sorry if Dean recently made the move overseas. It's like someone who's coached him for a long time. I was really happy for him to get that opportunity at a European club. Yeah, definitely. It's fantastic for him. I think um, as part of the A-League, as much as you know, our, our job is to provide opportunities within Australia for these young players, I think you know we have to be well aware that you know Europe is a market which you know everyone wants to be part of. I think uh, Cyrus going to a European club is, is fantastic for, for everyone involved. I, you know, I wish him all the best and I hope, uh, I hope he can continue to develop in an environment which is, um, which is tough for a lot of people. You look at you know, Jordan, he went over there, had an opportunity and came back, but now he's come back a, you know, a player that's grown immensely. Um, and we're, we're very, very proud of you know, players that leave our academy and go on. And like the boys we saw today, Jacko Hart-Phillips, Hussey, um, there's some really good boys that you know, don't take that next step, but are, are really top professionals. So um, as an academy, exciting. And yeah, we'll hopefully do some, to some more of that development this year for, for some good young players. Hopefully you just send a couple more overseas. Thanks for your time, Chris, and good luck over the course of the season. No problems. Cheers, guys. And thanks to uh, Grossi for his time there. I think we're all big fans of... Uh, what he's done with the Roy did take him to the NPL semi-final in 2021, uh, the home game at Goodwin Park. What I'm really interested about as well is just the size of the Raw squad this year as well, because by my count last year, I think they used a competition high 38, 39 players off the top of my head, which was, I think, seven more than the next nearest team, which might have been Olympic, who rotated a few guys through at the end of the year as well. So. You know, this is going to be a slightly more narrow squad as Grossman, you know, chases the results that the Raw will be looking for as well. Because if you if you're these players as well, you've got to be thinking, okay, they've got you know the new general manager of football, Ante Kovacevic. The guys he's brought in are going to be thinking, let's audition for an A League spot. And with the Raw having nine A League games left. What's stopping someone like a Josh DeMarco putting himself into the uh, mix as well as that sort of young playmaker as well? Because they're still crying out for someone to sort of take the reins next to Jay O'Shea. And I've seen DeMarco play going back to when he was at TSS, and he, he may turn out to be the, uh, someone who could surprise and wind up getting a run out towards the end of this season, Scott. Absolutely, and if the season continues to go south at the A-League level for the Brisbane Rule, they may just say, right, let's have a look at some of these young players and see what James Nikolowski can do, what James Murphy can do. If he returns from his trial overseas, Thomas Waddingham can do. Let's see what they can do in an A-League game. So the idea that 
Chris Crosser may not have his full squad available at various points of the season just because the A-Leagues, I want to have a look at these players. So they really are the hardest team to get a read on because with everyone else, you know that when their best players are fit and available, they're going to play. Whereas with this side, they may not be available for other reasons. So they're really hard to get a read on. Yeah, and it is still that balance that any academy team is going to try and find it, like try and find where the Raw have to, you know, try and find a way to develop teams, uh, players for their A-League side while still fielding a competitive outlet in NPL as well. Because, like, just from my personal perspective, as, you know, as good of a hit out as I'll have playing FQPL, it's still a division down on NPL. So I think for them, their first priority has to be securing top flight status and uh, probably getting a few more positive results than they did last year. All right. Uh, keep moving. We'll try and keep the pace going as it is. And we'll head to Heath Park in the eastern suburbs, for eastern suburbs. And uh, Matt Chandler is now taking over as the coach. For, uh, he was previously the under-23 side. Um, interesting signings here as well. Diego Cuba, formerly of uh, Magpies Crusaders United. And Adam, I'm fairly certain uh, last year, Diego Cuba had uh, one of the more bizarre red cards in uh, football Queensland history, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I, <laughs> I thought we might not bring that up, uh, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure that hopefully Matt Chandler will bring it up. They said no more of those, those are uh, those silly uh, red cards uh, for Diego Cuba because that one cost him a big time. Yes. Was I that did, the right I before had... the cup, by the way? It was. Oh that's, that's what I mean. That's uh, what I mean. It cost him. Yeah, but it was it was still just funny watching the uh, replay and just mm. the reaction of that as well. And look, it, it's one of those things you only really seem to get in local football as well. But um, in terms of the rest of the East side, they had their moments last year as well. They went young. Uh, Goalkeeper Connor Damsmer and a couple of the other players as well uh, in that side. Big question is going to be uh, overcoming the loss of a few of their key strike or key attackers in Yango and Godfrey Debele. Adam, your turn to go first this time. Yeah, um, the, uh, the East East have always you know produced some you know good young players. You know, and that's and I think that's what you know Matt Chandler brings to the table with this squad is that. It's a squad that is going to be has got a little bit of experience, but it's going to rely heavily on you know the young players to sort of you know mature during the season and certainly um, and certainly sort of you know really sort of you know, take that next step. And uh, look, if 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 you take Pro Series form as example, you know them beating Lions five three. Um, last week that that's that might be a harbinger of things that you know what this team is capable of. The problem with on the conversely about the side is that they always seem to get up for the big clubs when they come knocking or they go on the road. The problem is it's the clubs at their level. They seem to not get results against. I think that's the one thing that I know that Matt Chandler will be certainly uh, looking to, to sort of uh, change, but look, they've got some good players. Connor does, as you said, I think it's going to be going to be one of the best keepers in the league, you know, over time. Um, defensively, uh, uh, Jamie Davies, I think he, he had a, one game that we saw late in the season, he had a, a brilliant game um, against Gold Coast Knights. Uh, so, and like I said, he, and, and Alex Simmons as well, who who uh, seemed, who's you know, he's starting to get a bit of experience in the uh, MPL. I think he he's going to be the kid all up front. If he fires, East could also be really sort of you know, you know, cooking with gas as far as you know, pushing towards the top four. 
consistency is the key, isn't it, James? And unfortunately, over their time in the NPL, East's only consistency has been their inconsistency. They've been, to Adam's point, they've been able to beat the top teams quite regularly, particularly at home at Heath Park. But it's the teams in and around them on the table where they've just dropped points. If they were able to consistently get points in those games, they could be a real force because they've shown that they've got a style of play and they can make life really tough for the, the big clubs. If they can do it against the, le- the lesser teams as well, they can become a real serious force. I mean, for this year's team, the two young guys that Adam mentioned, Connor, Day, Connor Damsmer and Jamie Davis at the back, they were outstanding when we saw them against Gold Coast Knights in the final game of the season. But I think Alex Simmons up front is really important. So I don't know if he's back. Is Son back? Oh, I, haven't uh, seen, I haven't seen anything where he's yet. back on. He's always been a real key part of that East midfield or defence, wherever he plays. So he's another really key part of that side. If he's there and Alex Simmons is there, they've got a nice little spine that they can build around. So I think they they do have Simmons. That's important. But if they have both of them, they're in good shape. Yep. Well, another player that uh, has popped up in the pro series is uh, Emmy Martinez, formerly of the Brisbane Mm -hmm. Raw. So he could be another player to give a little bit of spark to that attack. And, I think this is going to be a side that is going to have to win games scoring goals because that's just the way they seem to be destined to play. And, you know, I would strongly recommend getting out to Heath Park. Yeah, uh, they've also got a couple of new signs as well. I think that uh, that uh, I think that they will really sort of, you know, uh, be, you know, be relying on as well. I think my fly under the radar, Jamie Frost, especially. I know Matt Chandler has some big raps on on him as as a player as well. So, look, there is a lot, still a lot of the unknown as well about East. And uh, yeah, they, they 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 like I said, consistency is where it comes down to with them. Well, you just mentioned uh, Matt Chandler. What do you say we hear from him? Okay, I'm joined by the uh, head coach of Eastern Suburbs, uh, Matt Chandler. Matt, thanks for talking to me. No problem, madam. No problem at all. Um, obviously, uh, coming off last season, a mid-table finish, um, what, what would you be looking for your squad this year to be able to, um, to to go to that next level? Oh, look, I think it's about us improving as a club on and off the park. We've we retained nine players from last year's group. Obviously, we've signed ten, so a group of 19. Um, it's just about us improving, really. We want to be able to, I guess, beat the best. We realise we won't be the best currently, but it's about trying to improve all the time and, and improve on those positions, I think top fours for everyone but it's about us just improving continue over the season the, the clubs are renowned to be sort of you know a producer of you know good young talent like i talk about players like corey dams uh, uh alex simmons uh and obviously god the belly who's now gone on and gone to knights is that something that you know that's an ethos of the club to develop young talent to sort of either you know push through the seniors or it's an ethos of the clubs, but it's also an ethos of mine, and it mirrors very well. We got Keanu and Rafa who have come through the youth ranks this year. Jamie Jamie um, Davis is with us as well. So, and when I was at Redlands, we did the same thing. Really, we we, we bloodied you know young players. We didn't have a. It's not about money. But we didn't have a huge budget. We were out, you know. So you have to think slightly differently. And the club's been brilliant. I must say, East, East philosophy really matches mine. So it's fantastic for. It's, it's a it's a good uh, symmetry between us. Yeah. yeah. Um, Heath Park, obviously, um, traditionally for you guys, has been a very, very tough place to come and play, uh, especially the top side seem to either struggle with the result or, you know, get beaten. Um, is that something that you'll be obviously looking for, is, you know, consistency at home? 
Yeah, I think obviously everyone wants to win at home. I think last year, just looking at it, it was uh, beat a lot of the top sides, beat Knights twice, who were obviously an amazing side. But it was dropping points against the teams in and around us that probably cost us. So we've concentrated on that part. As I said, uh, we need to beat the best if we can, but it's about staying with the rest as well uh, and having that sort of mentality and of trying to always stand the games. Whoever we're playing, it needs to be about how we perform. Now, obviously, the, um, the Kappa Pro Series of where you're here tonight playing against uh, Wolves, a new concept. Uh, what do you, what do you uh, think about personally? I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, long overdue, I think it's a, a concept that's in Melbourne and, and others. And uh, yeah, the lads have been really looking forward to it. And it also gives us a chance to play against other teams that we might not face. And uh, it gives us different challenges. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it when you think we have Wolves today and then we have Lions next week. It's a really good concept and I'm pleased it's, it's been put into the, uh, to the, to the pre-season concepts, yeah. And obviously as well, you talk about teams around you. Which are the teams that you, that you probably need to look at, you know, sort of beating or to, to get to that top four, you know? I think obviously, uh, you know, it's difficult to say. Everyone's recruited really well. So I think the league's going to be very difficult. I think the teams that come up will find it hard as much as they've also recruited well. You do have a sort of a top four breakaway. It's seeming to get that now. But I think if we continue to do what we need to do, it's about beating teams that are around us. So I guess you Brisbane City, you, 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 Morton Bay, all those sorts of sides that will be around and where we were last year. I think last year we could have got relegated or come six on the last game of the season. So, And there was a very minimal gap between six teams. So I think it's about those little edges, those little one percenters that we can do better that, that can get us a little bit higher. But I think the top four is going to be very difficult to break for us this year. But let's see where we go next. Finally, final question. And uh, one that you know, I normally put the coaches on the spot about. Um, of, of your current squad at the moment, which player are you looking at as far as that could really sort of surprise as far as you know, that maybe you don't need that you know, the wider sort of audience don't know about that we should be watching for? As a club, we've had to recruit quite smartly. So we bought four boys from out of state. Uh, I've signed a boy from the UK, uh, Jamie Frost, who was actually at Burnley as a, as a youngster, and he played for Scotland uh, as under 21. Really very good footballer, got a good pedigree. I think he's someone that everyone would like to watch. Brian Samutu, uh, an Australian Indonesian I brought in as well from out of state, has been amazing for us. Uh, so yeah, we, we've made a couple of what I would call smart signings, and I hope that They'll do well in the league and, and brighten up the league for us as well, for everyone involved. It's, it's about, you know, we want a spectacle, we want to play with the ball, we want to play good football and just think they suit how we want to play, they're both those chaps. And thanks to Matt Chandler for his time there. That was at uh, Perry Park a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? It was, ahead of the uh, Pro Series game between uh, Wolves and East. There we go. See, I do pay attention. <laughs> All right, well... Now we'll move on to the reigning champions of uh, Queensland, grand final winners, Gold Coast Knights. And uh, yeah, this is one very imposing squad because not only have they brought back a lot of their key players from last year, they've gone and added a buttload of uh, phenomenal uh, names to their squad. Uh, Oscar Dillon, Godfrey Devalet, Aaron Reardon, Shelford Davis, Jacob Bunich, and uh, just before we started recording, a little bit more A-League uh, experience to add to. Brad and Inman. Scott, just like their coach is Scott McDonald, so tell us what he's thinking. You've got the same first name. Well, he's a much better coach than I am, but I will say, having spoken to Scott McDonald a lot of times last year, he wasn't fully satisfied with the season. They want to win everything down there at Gold Coast Knights. They are really ambitious, and one of the first thing he said after the grand final, yes, I'm happy, but I want we want to win everything, and they've gone for it this year, haven't they, with the recruitment that they brought in. 
they certainly are going to start favourites in a lot of people's estimations with those players they brought in. A couple of returning players, so I've got Aaron Reed and Oscar Dillon have both been at Knights previously, so they know they know the club, they know the, the outlay and all the rest of what to expect. So it's a group that I think is going to be a really, really fun team to watch this year. Last year, they had a lot of attacking players that you looked at and thought with Maratovic and Bramora and Devita, they're, they're really, really good in attack. Maybe they had a few holes to fill in the midfield and at the back. This year, they've just got a complete team on paper, don't they? And again, the game's not played on paper. They've got to go out there and perform over the course of the 20-week season. But off the off the top of the top of the season, they look like they're going to be a be the favourites. Don't they? They're just it's an amazing squad on paper they put together. And to reach in now at the back end of the, the preseason and announce someone like Brad Eamon, who Scott and I played alongside at the Brisbane Raw briefly, that's such an amazing pickup. He was he was really good for the Raw and. He's been playing in India since, so he's still been playing professionally. To come now play at the MPL level, he could be absolutely dynamite this year. Yeah, and I will just say with the uh, recruitment of Oscar Dillon and Aaron Reardon from uh, the centre of the universe down in NPL South Queensland, that does say a lot about the uh, drawing power of Gold Coast Knights to resist that gravitational pull as well, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also as well, uh, the I guess the uh, pull of you know, Scott McDonald's as far as being able to attract some very, very good players. And look, I, I look at I look at his night side and I think, you know, championships and premierships are built from the back. And my God, this this defense is downright scary. I just don't know. You know, teams can I guess score that many goals if they're right. Um one one sort of you know chink in the armor would be the fact is that they probably uh, need to sort of uh gets on up to speed in the left back spot with uh, Matt Smith sort of announcing that he's no longer going to be playing. Uh, he's he's uh, pursuing other opportunities outside football. So wish him well. One of our one of our favourite players from the days he started in the um, the Raw Academy or the Raw Youth Team set up back in the day. You know, made his name at um, at the at left back in the MPL for Gold Coast Knights. And yeah, like I said, I I honestly don't know how Jaden Walker's going to survive without him because they, they they were they were <laughs> a full, they were a, they were a formidable fullback team. But um, yeah, look, defensively they are solid. Midfield is a great is great, and we saw you know Pascal Levita, uh, who sort of had a quiet season to start with, but boy did he finish with a bang. And uh, look, you had you know the likes of Brad Inman, uh to that side. Yeah, Christian Brymore is back. I think he'll be better this season. This is just a good side, which I think I think also as well, I think we're looking beyond just um just you know MPL honors. I think this is a side that could potentially, if the luck goes their way, could go deep into the Australia Cup, you know, national rounds. Well, I think that's why they've gone about assembling such a deep squad as well. And that, that like Knights have made no secret of their ambition in the last 48 hours with some of the other announcements that the club has uh, put out. But when you just break down this squad, I honestly don't know how everyone is going to uh, fit into this team as well, like, especially just across the back. So some of the names you've got, you've got Walker, he'll probably have that right fullback spot nailed down. But then you've got uh, Oscar Dillon, Austin Ludwig, he may wind up being the left back just as a case of filling in because... You've also got Janiel uh, De Silva, uh, Aaron Reardon, Tyson Martin, uh, Luke Beckwith was another uh, fullback <laughs> option as well, and yeah, Tyson Martin. He was playing central defensive mid for them at last year, and I actually thought he was, if not the player of the grand final, he was the second best player on the park for me, which just with the way he bossed that uh, Olympic midfield on the night, Scott. 
They did also experiment at times, James, with a back three at times last year with three and, and then wing backs. So maybe that might mm. be the direction they're going to go with here as well. So they've got that versatility and they've got the ver- tactical versatility and the personnel to be able to implement different strategies at different times. They've got plenty of different ways to play. Yeah, it will very much be a horses for courses thing. Um, yeah, they are going to be really, really good at the Croatian Sports Centre. Um, other side that I'm very interested in is Gold Coast United. They've been sort of on the precipice uh, in the last few seasons, and they've brought back a pretty solid uh, group of players from last season as well. Uh, they've lost Jackson Riley, replaced him with Carlos Saliadare. Shane Smeltz, the uh, ageless wonder, is off uh, to somewhere in the Northern Premier League in the UK. But yeah, it's still a pretty decent side. And I got to call their uh, Pro Series game on Friday night. Yes, it was Friday night. And look, when they're on, they're as good as any any other uh, team in and around their level. But they just seem to suffer from moments where they switch off, Adam. Yeah, and look, I think... Uh... This is a Gold Coast United team that I think that on paper should be up there and challenging. You know, I think, uh, I think, you know, it's a case of like Ray Piddick. I think he believes that he's he may have a squad that could potentially, you know, challenge for the finals and you know and break that break that duck because they've they've always been in and about. But again, a bit like a bit like East that you know as well. They're always they're always there. They're always there and about. But then results against teams they should be beating don't happen. I I refer to the fact that they dropped six points uh, last season to relegated Logan Lightning. You, you, you go the other way and all of a sudden they're playing finals football. So it's, like I said, they're the games that they need to sort of you know, concentrate on. I think it is. It's it's a case of uh, concentration. But obviously uh, the big the big name, I think, that really adds, if he's still sort of, you know, you know, at where we think he is, is Mitch Nichols. You know, going to um, going to Gold Coast United, he's gonna he's gonna run that midfield. Um, like I said, that it sets up a very very intriguing uh, derby on, on Friday night. But I think beyond that as well, I think that you know they they need that 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 midfield linchpin um, to go because I, I said by normally they've sort of got a more defensive covering sort of midfield. I think. Um, Mitch Nichols will be a little bit more creative, I think, in in creating sort of you know opportunities. I think because that's where also as well I think you know while they have an amazing you know you know bunch of strikers, the actual service is where it sort of falls down. So I think Mitch Nichols, I think his experience will definitely sort of you know provide that. Well, it, you mentioned Mitch Nichols as well in that midfield. They've brought back Seb Scaroni, who was just the perfect screening option and they've also added a league experience with Nick Cowburn. He lined up at left back on uh, Friday night. But I just wanted to uh, raise his stat with uh, you two before we go get your thoughts Scott. Uh, when Nichols was on the field on Friday night, Gold Coast was up 2-0. They subbed him off after uh, Lockie Remmers scored to make it 2-0. Rochdale came back. Admittedly they brought on their heavy hitters um, with about half an hour to go uh, did Rochdale, but when Mitch Nichols was off it was 3-1 Rochdale as well. So I think that's the sort of moments that you've brought Nichols in for as well with that uh, experience. It just does illustrate the importance that Mitch Nichols is going to have on this side, doesn't it? And there's no, don't don't underestimate the fact that Mitch Nichols, former Gold Coast Knights player, will be looking over the other side of other side of the coast, seeing the noise that they're making, being let go to go to, went to Olympic last year. Now at Gold Coast United, the other side of the rivalry, I'm sure he'll have a real point to prove that he's still got 
plenty left in the tank. So those derbies are going to be starting to run up very, very interesting. They still also have the ageless one, Justin Mackay, in the middle of their midfield as well. Carlos Saliadaro, the goalkeeper, out of Logan. I think they've also got a left-back who just came in from Edgeworth as well, in addition to Nick Cowburn. So they've added some real experience. It's clear that they're going for it this year. The expectations are to take another step forward. They've had the young players developing for the last couple of years, James. Now it's added the experience around them. Looks a really nice mix for me, that Gold Coast United team. The only thing I would say is Shane Smeltz has moved on. He's gone overseas again. Kaiser Paldo is still there, but I don't know if... If something happens to Kaiser Paldo, I don't know who the goal-scoring option would be that you could turn to to rely on week in and week out. So he's going to have to stay fit. But if he does that, this looks like a really good team on paper. Well, you mentioned Smeltz, and that to me is the biggest loss of him as my son just chimes in uh, in the background. I don't think he's happy about having to go to bed. Uh, but overall, it's... Yeah, just go... I, I think in the big games, like the derbies, the late-season games, Smelts always seem to be able to pop up with either a goal or an assist or something like that. And you just don't know if they've got that X factor this year or who's going to emerge as that X factor. It's probably going to have to be Nichols. But the next name uh, off the rank in terms of attackers could be the uh, Mason Cross, who scored one of the goals of the season a few years ago in the derby for Grey Pittock's Gold Coast Knights. So he could be the uh, next cab off the rank. Uh, Let's move on to the reigning premiers of Queensland, and that is Lions FC. And I'm going to change it up a little bit. Let's hear from Darren Syme. Oh, we're doing all season pretty by the coach of Lions, Darren Syme. Darren, thanks for talking to us once again. My pleasure. Season just around the corner. Are you all ready for the season down the way? Yeah, we're building nicely. Uh, It's been a a long uh, pre-season, I think. The boys, well, not long, but I think the boys are ready. They, they, They just want to get stuck into the competitive games now so the hard work has been done we've got a little bit more to do but uh the boys will be ready happy with the way all the squads progressing ahead of that first up cap process but then round one beyond that yeah i think it's great actually because you know it's always a, a danger pre-season games you know the the boys want to put on a good performance and and, and get some minutes in but um you know it's not a lot to play for, so this initiative I think is fantastic because you know, we've got boys in there that want to win. How much emphasis are you putting on that cap approach in the beginning? Because the geese games are being played in the normal pre-season time, so it's a nice early hit-out, but how important are these games in the context of the season as a whole? Um, well, you know, as a club, we want, we want to win anything we enter into, so we're not going to take it any different. We Obviously, the... The season proper is important and we'll, we'll look after players going into that because uh, we want the Premiership once again. But no, no, we'll, uh, we're going to use these two games as uh, you know, round one and round two. You mentioned you always try and win everything. Last year, Lions did win the Premiership. They fell short in the final series and short in the Australia Cup. How do you view it in that context? Because you were successful in the league, but you weren't quite able to, um, to get the job done in some of the other cup competitions. Yeah, I think... Uh, it's made my job a little bit easier this year because I think some of the boys didn't feel as though we fulfilled our potential. Um, they were hurting, you know, and, and we spoke about it this year and, and on our camp about the way the season finished for us. Uh, so that's that is there's a fire there because they uh, yeah we look back and it was a fantastic season for us, but that was last year. We've moved on. 
this season will be a very interesting one. Obviously, the World Cup is on, but it means that this place will be a training venue for a number of weeks, which means that you have to play a lot of home games early. Then a large number of games away from home. How are you going to manage that? Is it really important to get a fast start this year? Yes. I, I think every year it's important to try and build up as many points as possible. So when you know the, the squad thins out due to injuries and, and things like that, you, you know, you've got that bank. So we don't approach the year any different. Um, yeah, it's going to be nice to have our home games, but we've found over the years that teams come here and enjoy enjoy playing here. So, um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a double-edged sword, really. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it pans out. And just finally, what do you make of the competition as a whole this year? Are you expecting the same perennial challenges, or are there teams you think that could make a jump from mid-pack towards pushing for the finals and maybe even getting into the finals? Yeah, I say it every year. I... I, I I think it's going to be closer this year. Um, there's certainly teams that, are, that have recruited well. There are you know teams that are coming in that want to kind of stay up here in the NPL, and, and they've all put a good squad together. Um, I'm very very happy and confident with the squad that that I've put together, and today's a really good example uh, with the Raw. You know I'm I'm ecstatic with the one nil win because. There was periods of time there that we had to uh, defend well and um, be really organised. So I think it's our defence and teams' defences this year are going to make or break their season. Thanks for time, Darren. Good luck over the course of the season. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to Darren Syme for his time. I really wish I didn't have to rhyme that, but... Well, that was the only sentence that popped into my head. Uh, it's a rhyme pop- that's happened plenty of times on the Sunday show. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yes, and, uh, well, I know Man United had Fergie time. If uh, Lions start pulling out some late winners, we might have sign time in the second half. <laughs> Look, the important uh... thing is that I think I'm funny. Um, <laughs> a few big names leaving uh, Lions FC, though. Ethan Doherty um, and Alex Fechner, a couple of big uh, holes to fill. The ever-present Andy Thompson, who was a bench option for them last year, and uh, young Noah McGrath, who we've already mentioned, off to the raw. Luke Borian is back, though, and it seems like he will be deputising for Aidan Mumford. Jesse Rigby is going to come in uh, to that midfield, and Rio Ono will be uh, acting as a playmaker, a big signing from uh, your neck of the woods, Adam, uh, Mr. Mayor of Moreton Bay. Yeah, that, that that's a that's a huge signing. I think that he, with Alex Fechner leaving to go to the Southern Conference, I think that you know that's almost like a perfect um, signing uh, for for Lions. And uh, look, they really don't lose. Like so they've got players sort of you know come and go. Let's just say go. But the players that brought in certainly look like that they they're more than adequate. In uh, in sort of you know maintain that, so I I think it's going to be more of the same. I think Lions are going to be contenders. It might be a case of they'll do their thing, but has the field caught up to them, or maybe in the case of one or two other teams, have they gone past them? Yeah, they've still brought back the likes of Andy Pengelly, uh, Sean Carlos, Louis Fenton, Matt Rydenton. Mm. So I I don't think uh, we're going to see a huge drop off, Scott. No, I don't expect a drop off at all. The other one thing I would say is. Don't underestimate the value of continuity as well. They haven't made a lot of changes. It's really Fechner out and then um, Ono in, Doherty out, Rigby in. That's really what they've done over their off-season. So it's a basically, I think Rigby might have been a Lions junior as well. Certainly bringing that Western Pride team from a few years ago, the nucleus of that group together at Lions. So 
I don't I don't expect any drop off at all. I think actually having a full preseason with Louis Fenton there instead of arriving midway through the year will help them as well. They'll, they might get the best of him this year as well. And they've still got Andy Pangeli, who's worth 20 goals plus a season. So I don't expect any drop off from them whatsoever. I think they're still going to be right up there, there amongst the contenders this year. Yeah, breaking news, lines still pretty damn good. All right, now, Mr. Mayor, Morton Bay United. Bit mm. of an off-season of change uh, in the coaching booth uh, up there as well with uh, Royce Brownlee making the trip to Olympic. He's also take, taken Lyndon Farr and Nathan Beagley with him. Rio Ono has gone to Lions, but uh, they've still uh, gone out and recruited a couple of players that you're expecting a few uh, impacts from. Give us the State of the Union. <laughs> How much time you got? Look, um, look, in, in on the face of it, for, for you know, after Royce Brown left, you still worried that oh, has pretty much the heart and soul been ripped out of, out of that side. You know, obviously Rio Ono going, Lyndon Farr as well. That two players that are of extreme importance. But look, I think uh, Cam Miller. You know, obviously he. He's been part of that club. He was uh, one of uh, Royce's assistants, and also as well part of that, you know, a coach of that of their winning under 23s team. I think uh, he, I think he's recruited very, very well. Uh, I think the two players to watch, I think, might be the two Japanese recruits, Naoki Maeda and uh, Sakashiya uh, Mitsaru. I think they, those two. Those two players, I think, are going to make a big difference uh, to that side. Uh, and also as well, Ben Holiday, who was who was playing very, very well for for Mitchelton, um, he will also, you know, look to, look to be a very, very, very you know impactful player in the midfield. Also as well, I think one area that I think that was a bit uh, a bit sort of yeah you know, up and down was their goalkeeping. Uh, Matt Lugo will get the first crack of that. Uh, uh, with uh, Bertrand Spears going off to FQPL to North Star, and uh, Jake Clancy will be his um, will be his deputy, and he, he's a player as well that I think that is very very capable of being a number one should something happen, either form or injury to Lugo. So look, they're they're a they're a solid team. Again, it's going to come down to consistency, results, and whether or not they can keep that that full team on the park all, all season. The mayor's confident, isn't he, James? He's really confident, the mayor. He's got to keep the constituents happy. <laughs> Obviously, there's an election coming up, I'm sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'm actually surprised with the amount of players that they've retained as well. But, yeah, Matt Lugo is one of the better shot stoppers uh, in Queensland uh, local football. And they've also brought in Jordan Farina, who's got a pretty good yes. uh, reputation mm. at that club as well, Scott. He does. a very good pass there at, at Walter Park, and he's back there now. And, look... It's the, look when when it was announced that Royce Brownlee was leaving, and then we found out Rio Ono was going. There was a bit of concern that the the Morton Bay run in the NPL may be coming to end, given they just escaped relegation on the final day of their season against Gold Coast Knights in the second last week of the season. So, but under Cam Miller, it looks like they've recruited really, really strongly. It looks like that thought is completely inaccurate because they have brought in some really good players. You mentioned the two Japanese players; they combined quite nicely in the Pro Series win over the Raw on the weekend. Jordan Farina brings some experience. And if they can get the best out of someone like Marquez Walters, who we know the talent that Marquez has, and he looked pretty good on the weekend. If they can get the best out of him, James, that might give them the goal-scoring threat in the front third. That gives them enough goals to maybe challenge. Because you've got to remember, 
about six weeks to go in the season last year, Morton Bay were knocking on the door, potentially challenging for a top four spot, like where Gold Coast United were. Unfortunately for them, it went the other way for Morton Bay at the end of the season, but they weren't that far away. And if they can get the goals out of someone like Marquez Walters, it could be the thing that puts them to that next level, James. It could very well be. And a couple of underrated names uh, in my mind that I would be keeping an eye on. Uh, Declan Smith, commanding presence in that team. And Joe Scott, he missed a bit of time last year uh, with injury as well. But when healthy, he has a lethal left foot. I remember him almost uh, sending the 2020 FQPL Grand Final to penalties uh, with a couple of wicked deliveries that went oh so close to uh, finding an equaliser when he was with Southwest Queensland. I can say on Joe, Joe Scott, I can confirm that boot is back because uh, Logan <laughs> found out the hard way on uh, on Saturday night. So, yeah, but uh, look, yeah, there, there are a number of players. I think got a lot to prove. I think you yeah, have, and I, it missed me to mention Jordan Farina in my summation. I think he's going to be so important, the 2015 grand final winner, I think, uh, in the last time um, Morton Bay lifted a, a trophy. I honestly thought you were just uh, being generous and leaving uh, a name for us to bring up, Adam. <laughs> oh, no, he, would never, he would never leave any for us. He's absolutely ruthless. Like that. But you, you neglected to mention, I neglected to mention the coach, Cam Miller, who stepped up from the 23s, and he's done a really good job. And he, he's played for that club, of course, in grand finals, in Australia Cup ties, and he's come a long way since his uh, membership was near mine in the den many, many years ago, James. <laughs> All right, well, let's hear from Cameron Miller right now, the new coach of Morton Bay United. I'm joined by the head coach of Morton Bay United, Cam, Cam Miller. Cam, first of all, congratulations on uh, becoming the new head coach for um, Morton Bay. Uh, yeah, thanks, Adam. Appreciate that, Matt. Yeah, obviously you've had um, a lot of success uh, with this club, obviously as assistant to Royce Brownlee for the last few years, plus under-23 success. Yep. How different is it for you um, as far as you know, taking the realms as the head coach uh, for this season? Yeah, look, obviously being being around the club for a long time now and spending time with the first team specifically for the last two seasons um, has, has helped a lot in me transitioning to the, to the head coach role. Um, obviously comfortable with the club, within the environment, um, knowing all of the players helps a lot, obviously. Um, in saying that, a lot of changes for me. Yep. You know, a lot more responsibility, a lot more work. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm loving being able to, to implement you know, you know my my team model now. We set my environment up um, across across the first team, which is great. So yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, obviously, a, a lot of change, a lot of departures <laughs> from uh, last season. Season, you brought in a number of uh, of players, and the one I guess um, two players that probably may not be so known are the two your two Japanese signs, yeah, Noki um, Maeda and uh, Sashita. Uh, Mitsuru. M- Mitsuru, yeah, yeah. Gotta, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, how how did you come about them? Um, so it's a funny story, actually. You may have heard it already. Um, but uh, Jeremy Stewart, one of our players who who lives at the Sunshine Coast, um, just happened to come across some training. Um, and Jez spent some time training with them, brought them into a session in pre-season. Um, and and that's where it came from. And they were they were fantastic in the few sessions they came in the pre-season. Um, it took a little bit to get them both across the line for various reasons. Um, but no, we're really pleased to have them both on board. They've they fit in really well to our to our environment, and they've you, you probably saw tonight are already adding a lot of quality to the to the team, which is great. Yeah, Damon Taro scoring uh, yeah, tonight. Which yeah, is, from a pass from the open too. Yeah, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah obviously, um, obviously you've been involved with the Super Junior program here. Yeah, it's good to see um, some of the younger players like da- <coughs> Damon Anderson and yeah. Bailey Radcliffe, yeah. obviously getting opportunities in the first team. Yeah. Hey, how do you think that they'll go this season, going from under 23s up to you know seniors on a regular basis? Yeah, look. 
look, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I've worked, obviously worked in the 23 space for, for two seasons now and had a lot of success with a lot of good players in that group. Um, but oh, I know probably more than anyone how big this step is from 23s into the first team. It's massive. Uh, the level of quality, level of intensity, and, and to do it week in, week out is significant difference. Um, Damo Anderson, Bailey Rackley for two players who I think are, are ready to take that step. Um, obviously, Damo's been injured. Um, last, he's been out for five weeks. So it was his first first minutes. Um, and he was good when he came on. Bailey Ratcliffe, obviously, 90 minutes tonight. Um, scored the first goal and added quality throughout the whole second half, I thought. So, yeah, I think those two are ready ready to step up. And they'll, they'll play they'll play for us this year, which is good. Obviously, um, Kappa Procerus, while we're here tonight, uh, two in from two now. Yeah. Um, obviously, you play two FQPL sides. But just yeah. overall, um, how do you find the, the Kappa Procerus as a, as a concept being the first season? Um, look, a couple of things. I think, I think one... Ultimately, it's another trophy to, to win. And I think, you know, when, when there's a league and there's a, there's a grand final there to win, um, and on top of that, the Australia Cup, but the reality is that that's very, very difficult to, to go and win. Um, so I think for clubs like us and teams like us, it's great to have another competition to compete, another competition to, to go for. So that's how we're certainly treating it. Um, on top of that, the way it's been outlaid with the two games prior to the NPL season is fantastic because it gives us two competitive games prior to the NPL season. So I think that's that's a great initiative. And obviously looking ahead to next week, first of all, obviously uh, Royce Brownlee comes back uh, with, with a couple of players as well um, to to uh, Walter Park. What are you expecting to, you know, as far as the reaction you know, and the return of, of the former coach? Uh, look, if I'm honest, we haven't really thought about it. It's not something we've spoke about. Um, you know, obviously, I worked closely with Royce for two years. Yeah. I worked with him a long time before that. I played with him. Um, and, you know, that, that, that is what it is. It's football, you know. You know, people move on and, yeah. you know, the club will stay, you know, and then that's that's what it is. But, yeah, it's not something we've really thought about, if I'm honest, mate. But I look no, forward no. to seeing him, mate. He's, he's building yeah. a good squad over there at Olympic, and they're going to be very good again. We know that. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing him and a few of the boys, and we look forward to competing with him next week. Yep. And fi- finally for me, obviously, um, you guys obviously will be going, obviously, for finals football and hopefully beyond who are some of the teams that you reckon that may be sort of you know obviously a threat to be you know to, to your success you know to get, oh, to, to, look, get to where th- you want to go yeah look I think across the board you know this has got to be one of the most competitive NPL competitions this far potentially you know and I think a lot of people are saying that no it does get said you know it gets said quite easily yep. you know however I do believe there's probably you know two or three teams that could challenge the league this year and I think there's you know seven, eight, nine teams that could crack the top four, which is exciting for the competition. It's good for football in the state. Um, and to be honest, mate, it's good for us too because we want to compete every week. We want to play against good teams every week. You know, and that's what's best for the game. It's best for the players. So, oh, look, I'm not going to... I don't know, mate. Yeah, Couldn't, no. you know, it's probably rattle off heaps. No, of no, it's, it's probably yeah. a bit of a trap question. Yeah, it is, but yeah. No, it's good. It's going to be a good competitive yeah. season, which is great. Anyway, uh, Cam, thanks for your time yeah. and best of luck for the season. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah. And thanks to Cameron Miller for taking part in that interview and I think my final thought on uh, Morton Bay before we move on is it's going to be very much that same sort of team identity that we have been used to over the last few years they will certainly find a way to be competitive in just about every match another side that has been very very competitive over the last five years has been Olympic but oh it's been an off-season of change at Goodwin Park in many 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 ways Ben Khan has gone. He's off to Melbourne Knights, and he took his trusty lieutenant, Steve White, with him. Uh, Lockie Hunter has gone to Penn Power. Shelford Deus Knights. James Kumanow has gone to Logan. 
and uh, several of Ben Khan's assistants have also departed as well. Callum Muir, Richard Greer, and Gilbert Albertson as well. In comes Royce Brownlee to manage things, and uh, the Rolls-Royce has also recruited heavily from Morton Bay and that northern region. Lyndon Farr, Sam Roper, Jed Brown, Nathan Beagley, and uh, it's also brought in a Ryland Brownlee. I wonder if there's any connection between those two. He's also brought in Connor Booth from East and a couple of other uh, goalkeepers as well, Josh Render and Flynn Proctor. Right. Whole new Olympic uh, this season, Scott, is it? It is. It's, it's all changed at Olympic after the last five years under Ben Khan. A fantastic era for the club. Didn't quite get the ultimate success, but it can't under undersell what they did achieve. It's all changed now, though. They've brought in a very different looking side, and I think a lot of people expect they're going to slip down the table. I'm not so sure about that. That's still a really good squad. They've still got players like Daniel Leck around that side to bring experience. They've brought in some really good players there that you mentioned. I will say the goalkeepers are two young goalkeepers, but they're two very highly regarded goalkeepers. And you mentioned the mini Rolls-Royce there, James. I think he scored a couple of goals in the Kappa Pro Series already, so looks like he's going to make an impact as well. So I think it's a, it's a very different Olympic side. I haven't seen too much of them so far. I'm looking forward to seeing how they go over the weekend and beyond, but I don't expect they're going to slide that far. They're still a really big club here, and they've gone out and they've brought some good players in, and it looks like it'll be a really solid side. It'll be a very different sort of side. A Royce Brownlee side is very different to a Ben Khan side, but it may still be a really good side, so there's something to keep an eye on. Adam, how do you feel about your uh, departed coach? Oh, look, it's a great opportunity for um, for Royce Brownlee. No, it's not I, what I, you said off air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, I, I think that you know, a great opportunity um, for him at one of the one of the, the big big clubs of the um, of the MPL. Look, I think that uh, I think Daniel Leck is going to be absolutely critical. I think he needs to have almost an MVP season uh, to to. Um, to sort of for Olympic to sort of maintain where they've been in the last few years. Um, obviously, Lyndon Farr is going to be is going to be also crucial. To that and I think it, we may, we may for their if their chances of you know, top four and beyond are to remain. I think we need to see Zach Kierpal really step it up. You know, you know, almost Andy Pengelly levels as far as you know of goal score returns. He's got the ability. It's just he just needs to you know find the back of the net and find the back of the net often. And I think. Uh, he he has got a supporting cast that could do that, but uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting interesting where Olympic goes because if on the other hand if it doesn't get unsettled it does get a bit unsettled you know the slide may be on so it's going to be it's going to be a tough task for um, for Royce Brownlee to to sort of you know to try and emulate and you know meet the expectations of what Olympic had been for the last you know five years at least but uh, look he's got the squad to do it. Yeah, I, I think there's still plenty of talent uh, going around at Olympic as well. Zach Kierpel is a player I've got my eye, eye on there. Uh, he had a bit of an up-and-down first season uh, with Olympic. He scored plenty of goals, but there were times where he was uh, used as a substitute option. But I don't think anything will top his moment in the semi-final where he scored that stoppage time uh, winner to send Olympic to the grand final at Richlands as well. So we know he's got the ability. It's just... You know, how's he going to go week in, week out? Because I think under Royce Brownlee, who he worked with at um, at Morton Bay, they, I think that's going to see if they can get the best out of him. All right. Now, we are on to Penn Power. And, well, 
I don't want to say it was necessarily an off-season of change for them because they kind of got a head start on their off-season of change back in June when they signed Rick Coughlin as the uh, head coach uh, to replace Aaron Philp and Ben Ryan. And those two are still very heavily involved. Ben Ryan is the director of football, if I'm not mistaken. Technical director, yep. Technical director. And Aaron Philp is still... I want to get this title right as well. He's still uh, involved in a bit of an overseeing role, I'm fairly certain. Uh, was the that... title is Aaron Phillip Legend, I think, is the uh, title at Peninsula Power. Legend, <laughs> Legend Emeritus, got it. But uh, <laughs> it, either way, that's still going to be um, something worth watching. Phil Zavax has retired. Uh, Oli Plasman, Uru Nagata and Jesse Rigby have all left. In comes Lockie Hunter, uh, Kane Gibbs from the Raw Academy, Matt Green, centre-back from Logan, and uh, Darcy Madden from Wollongong, as well as Harry Black from Magpies Crusaders. We, we know Penn Power are going to be good as well. They've kept quite a few uh, members of their premiership-winning squads as well. Uh, Greenwood, Woolley, Hitchcock, Malachi Love, Samira, who might be uh, my pick for Young Player of the Year as well. Um, he had a, a good moment as well. And uh, Solomon Valdemarium, who... I've also got uh, quite high hopes for. Scott, what are you expecting from Penn Power? Well, the one name you didn't mention there was Isaac Powell, who they announced he's joined the joined from the from the Brisbane Roar after his bout with the game. It's fantastic to see him back playing football, albeit at the MPL level. We know what the talent Isaac is. It's great to see him back. But with Peninsula Power, the big changes were last year, right, weren't they, when they when they when Aaron Phillip was they transitioned away from Aaron Phillip and brought um Rick Coglon in. So that was the big change to them. This is really the first off-season that Rick's had to implement some changes to the squad and looks a really strong squad on paper, doesn't it, once again? So you expect no less of Peninsula Power. They're always going to be a really strong squad. They've also got Kyron Walters in from from Sunshine Coast, one of the player who I'm a really big fan of from up, up in North Queensland. He was at North Queensland Fury for a while, ventured down to the Magpies Crusaders. Now he's gone to the Wanderers, moving now to Peninsula Power. So it's gradually moving further and further south in the state as his career goes on. So he'll probably be at Gold Coast United in about five years by now from him now about James. So, but I'm really excited. But he, he's a really good player, but hasn't really been in the sort of side that allow him to create a lot of chances to score goals. And if he gets the chances, I'm convinced he can score a lot of goals. So I think Peninsula Power have got the squad they need. And you mentioned the guys like Malachi Love, Samira Solomon, Well to Mariam playing around him in the front third. I think they're going to... I mean, you expect Peninsula expect to be right up there, don't you? So I think they're going to be right up there once again. And also Kyron Walters as well. He's uh, yeah. picked a, been picked up at a few stops as well. Let's talk about Kyron Walters. Coming down from North Queensland to Magpies, Sunshine Coast, Peninsula Power. I've told us said that. Yeah, pay attention. <laughs> well, you said you pay attention. You said that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, well, my attention span ran out, and I was also just checking to make sure we haven't missed any other signings. Ah. You, well, you keep that up. There, there are. Like I said, I think also as well that the news, the new signs have come outside from outside the league. Uh, obviously, we talked about Darcy Madden from uh, Wollongong Wolves. He'll be a big presence at the centre of the um, park, especially for him and a returning Michael McGowan. Um, obviously, if they if they're together, that would be a very, very imposing centre back pairing. Uh, Jamil Roberts uh, from. Uh, from uh, England, he uh, he's he's looked very very good in the, the couple of pro series games that uh, we've seen. So he he may be a good impact on the wing, uh, and also as well, New Sedovic, uh, who comes from MPL South 
South Queensland uh, as well. He he actually had a um, he comes from Preston Lions and he he also looked very very good against uh, against uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers um, on Friday night. So so look, I think uh, Peninsula Power. I think you know, for depth. I actually think that they're probably the the team you now to watch as far as if they get an injury. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be that critical because I think they've got they've got coverage everywhere. Um, obviously, a player like a Sam Cronin, who's you know, at his best, is a absolute you know, is absolute absolute talisman, I guess you know, for power as far as you know, their performances go. So look, I expect potential power to be there based on the fact that they've got a very very deep squad, and of course, as we just mentioned. As was mentioned before, you know what a story Isaac Powell back back playing football in general doesn't have to be at the A League. Just he's back playing football. I think it's such a great story. Yeah, and the fact that they were able to pick him up as well and give him a chance to resume his football career because, like, it, it, in and of itself, the Powell story is just remarkable. Youngest raw debutant at age sixteen had his career derailed by leukemia and. Hopefully now he'll uh, be able to get himself back on there track. There was talk of a move to England as well, just before the yeah. leukemia about about came. So terrible timing for him, but great to see him back. Exactly. And uh, the mentor for Isaac Powell will be Coach Rick Coglin. Let's hear what he had to say in an interview. I'm joined by Pinchel Power Head Coach Rick Coglin. Rick, uh, firstly, thank you for uh, taking time to talk. Of course. Yep, thank you. Um, obviously, a uh, new season coming about, your first full season in charge. Um, what? Obviously, uh, you've had a full full uh, pre-season with the, with the boys. How has it changed, obviously, compared to coming in last season, halfway through the season? Um, like I say, it's obviously now my first full season in charge. Um, a, a lot of new faces, a lot of change and, and turnover. Um, new staff included, with Dan Panisi coming in as the assistant coach. Uh, yeah, the pre-season's been great. I think it's been a, it's been a, a freshen up and, obviously... It really hit the ground running with some good performances and trying to build, I guess, how we want to look in our identity for the coming year. Um, really pleased with how that's come together. Unfortunately, tonight couldn't quite get the win, but overall, for the for the duration of pre-season, I think it's been a, it's been a great success. And you know, fingers crossed, we can hit the ground running next week. You obviously mentioned a lot of a lot of new players. Um, some some from within the league, uh, players like a uh, Lachlan Hunter, um, but also a couple of players uh, that have come out of the league, as in uh, Darcy Darcy Madden and uh, New Sedovic. Uh, what can you tell us about those players? Yeah, they're they're both going to be certainly ones to watch. I think um, Darcy's joined us from Wollongong Wolves. He was the captain uh, down for the down at MPO New South Wales, uh, and New has joined us from Preston Lions. Um, you know, both have actually had a, have had a great impact on the squad since coming up, um, both on the field and, and behind the scenes. So, yeah, I'm really expecting some, some good big things from those two. Uh, also, as well, uh, one familiar face, I guess, to a lot of people around here, uh, Isaac Powell, obviously, uh, coming back. Is that, is that sort of a, you know, I guess, a, a feel-good story, the fact that, you know, the battles he's had with his health, that, you know, to actually get out and play at, you know, at, at a high level? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, it's just fantastic to see Isaac uh, outperforming and competing and enjoying football once again. I think that's uh, obviously more important than anything uh, moving forward. But obviously, then we're lucky to have him in a blue shirt and representing Peninsula Power. He's, he's some player and fingers crossed he can have a, have a terrific year and be back in the midst of potentially the A-League environment. Obviously, looking at the um, league itself, uh, you guys obviously will come in as one of the major contenders for the league. Do you, do you feel like uh, that you know you're more the the hunter than, than the hunters? 
Uh, no, look, I certainly wouldn't say that. I think I think MPL Queensland has significantly strengthened this year. You know, speaking to other coaches and players and staff around the traps, there are some some really strong outfits this year, and I think we're going to see one of the strongest MPL competitions for a, for a while. Um, you know, you look at the teams that are slowly catching and, and uh, closing the gap on what was traditionally the so-called Big Four. I think we're going to see some uh, some great performances from you know the Gold Coast United and Brisbane City and Rochdale and uh, and so forth. To, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but I think it's going to be an incredibly strong competition. I think there's going to be points dropped and shared all over the place, and I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a one to watch this year. Obviously, a different uh, type of uh, pre-season build-up this year with this uh, new Kappa Pro Series. Mm. What, what's your opinion as far as how it's changed the way pre-seasons uh, are done? Yeah, look, I, I love the Kappa Pro Series in general. I think more football, more competitive games is what every single person, player, staff, clubs want. Uh, it's probably a in my point of view, it's, it's an ideal time to squeeze a couple of games in to make it competitive leading into the league. I think it's already the longest pre-season in the world over <laughs> here, so to have some competitive games leading in is, is really important. And obviously then we'll sandwich uh, the rest of them throughout the season. So ultimately, I think everybody wants more football, so FQ have delivered, which is great. Uh, one final question. Um, obviously, with um, the players, new, new players and obviously old players, is there, are there, is there a player or players out there that you think that you know, could really sort of you know, step up that may not have had the notoriety of past seasons? Um, look, I don't want to go into, into yeah, selecting. Without, without three, yeah. <laughs> but look, I'll be really honest. I'm, I'm incredibly happy with the squad that we have built. I think we uh, have recruited really well. I think Ben Ryan has done a, done a great job behind the scenes in, in helping finalise a lot of those negotiations and getting players in. Um, yeah, so look, ultimately we're really pleased with what we have got, what we're building and what we're moving into the season with. That being said, obviously a lot of teams are going to feel the same. So ultimately it's going to come down to who can perform week in, week out and, and get the points on the board. Anyway, uh, thanks for that, Rick, and uh, best of luck for the season ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that is 10 power. Now we're going to get on to the first of two promoted sides with the reigning FQPL1 double winners. Redlands United and well the big departure for the time being is uh, Graham Harvey but he's only departed from the sideline he is still uh, officially the technical director out of the compass grounds in the meantime uh, Dan Varmer who was a player last year Dr Dan Varmer uh, has taken the reins for the time being and it is by and large a very similar uh, squad that won the FQPL double last year Adam and They'll be counting on that to secure top flight safety once again. Yeah, look, Redlands will go into this uh, in this NPL season with a lot of confidence. Obviously, uh, being being the uh, grand fi- being the grand final winners. Obviously, you know they, they've they've got a lot of um, momentum coming out of that. Uh, but also as well, I think they've got a very very solid side. There's no real superstars in that team, but look. Uh, Again, you know, like I said, a, a solid team, you know, that can be consistent, you know, and be tough to beat. Like, Compass Grounds can be notoriously tough, you know, from time to time, you know, for, for teams, especially around, you know, the middle to bottom end of the table to to go and, uh, and you know, get the job done. So I think they'll be relying on home ground advantage as well as continuity, as uh, Scott pointed out, for a few other teams as well that may be uh, a key for them. Yeah, and uh, just quickly as well, since Redlands are back in the top flight, uh, their first home game will be, you know, still technically in summer, I'm pretty sure. But given it is the Compass Grounds, bring a jacket, Scott. 
bring multiple jackets, even in summer. But in all, uh, you, you need it down there. But adamant and continuity, and also winning. The, the um, win, being, having that winning mentality really can help. And they meant adamant. They won the grand final. They also won the premiership and the FQPL statewide final series on top of that. So multiple successes last year for Redlands, bringing that, bringing those good times back to that club. Now they're back in the MPL. They've got, got a very similar squad. Guy Santana and Rio, Rio Amoso are probably the two to keep an eye on there for them. But I think they're going to be a team where at home they could be really good. Away from home they might struggle. But they're a team that you look at and think of, of teams that have come up in the last few years. They're one of the better teams who've come up out of the, the FQPL. We've seen the struggles they went through before they got relegated. They appear to have righted the ship now. And I'll be intrigued to see how they go in comparison to someone like Brisbane City last year, James, who basically had a similar sort of trajectory to Redlands have been on. So intriguing to see how they go. It is interesting just seeing how these sides react to getting uh, relegated and just how quickly they respond. For Redlands, it was pretty quick uh, turnaround to get themselves back into the top flight. And it was also, um, well, we won't know how Rochdale deal with relegation because um, they haven't actually been relegated in the NPL era, at least, as Rochdale Rovers are preparing for their maiden National Premier League's campaign. Finally, Scott's favourite club has uh, made it all the way into the top division. Yes, my favourite club, apparently. We'll go with but, that. But um, we will we'll go with that. But look, they've been, have been they're a big club in football here in South East Queensland, aren't they? They've been a powerhouse club. They've developed players like very few others do. Look at the young players that come out of that base and they're at, at Rochdale. It's one of the best in the, in the state. So to have them finally in the NPL achieve, achieve, achieving the ambition they've set out for themselves, living up to that, it's great to see. I think as a team, that'd be, that'd be really fascinating because you look at them on paper, James, they've got some really good experience in that team. Players who've done really well in the NPL in the past, not just Marek Madley and Andy Thompson from Lions, but there's a lot of other players in and around that squad who have been successful in the NPL and elsewhere. So they've got the experience. They've got good young players. It's a first go around in the NPL. We'll have to see how they go, but I don't think they're going to be, be the, one of the worst teams. That's why I think they're going to be quite solid. Yeah, and I think for them, survival first priority, as it always is for a promoted side, but I think they've got a team that is going to be more than capable of doing that and a little bit more. Adam, um, Harry Talbot, I know the three of us were quite big fans of him in his time with the Brisbane Raw. He has made the move back up after um, some time with the Central Coast Mariners Academy. Yeah, and I would think that, and I expect that uh, he's going to gain a lot of confidence experience. Obviously, I guess preferably he probably would have wanted to actually um, be uh, be part of that A League setup, you know. But like I said, you look you look at that Central Coast Mariners squad at the moment, and um, and yeah, look, you're not like I said, you wouldn't be too disappointed and if if it, if it's what drives him to be a better player. I think Rochdale could be the ma- major beneficiaries of that. I think he's he is a Rochdale junior, so. So, like I said, he, he's very well familiar with Underwood Park. But look, I just think his, his squad in general is a very, very solid squad. Is it a squad that is capable of, you know, getting to the top four? Look, it's it's a case of, you know, they, they, they can surprise. But also as well that, you know, a few injuries, you know, sort of go a, bit, go a bit wayward and it could be sort of, you know, 
back down. So they're, they're going to be a very, you know, enigmatic team as far as where they, they lie. But they've certainly got the yeah, capabilities. Marek Madley, you know, is going to have to fire big time, you know, back to where, you know, where he really sort of got first notice when he went, he made the move from Holland Park to Lions. Um, he needs a hat sort of season to sort of to really give Rochdale a chance to really go, you know, have a crack at the top. Yeah, but they've still got pretty solid depth uh, across the pitch. Jackson Riley, um, very highly rated young goalkeeper as well. And across that back line as well, you've got, you know, MacArthur, I think he's their two-time young player of the year now, uh, Alex Tavion. He was playing in defensive midfield yeah. on uh, Friday night for a little while as well. Ollie Dern, Uriu Nagata, who didn't play on Friday. I think, yeah, they've got the depth. It's just how deep are they? But, um, yeah. Also, the loss of Yinka Kahinde is a big loss as well. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be a uh, very interesting uh, approach to how they look to replace his experience now. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Paul Arneson is back. He's brought back largely the same uh, squad that was good enough to survive last season. This is our final club in the NPL part of the preview, as well as we're closing in on an hour of talking. God knows how long with the interviews as well. <laughs> uh, these are always the long episodes. Deal with it. Um, yeah, so, Scott, under a uh, pretty tough place to travel for most sides, and uh, it's going to be a pretty physical battle anytime Sunshine Coast Wanderers take to the pitch. Absolutely. It looks like a very similar squad from the Wanderers from this year or last year to this anyway, so... It looks like they've got that continuity once again. And as you mentioned, it's always a very tough place to go. Fortress Ballinger, it's not known as that for nothing. It's been a very tough place for a lot of teams to go and get results. And I'm sure that, that Paul Arnson will be looking for that once again to be in effect this year as well. So that could very well underpin their success. I know they lost at home to um, to Surface Paradise in the Kappa Pro Series. That was next door at the school ground. So that's not Ballinger Park. That doesn't count to breaching okay. Fortress Ballinger. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, I think that's a big thing for them. They're, they're very good at home. Away from home, they've kind of struggled. That might, that's the thing they have to get right, isn't it? If they can get can get that form to travel down the freeway down here to, to Brisbane, they could push up the table. Otherwise, they'll be reliant on the home form to get results this year. Adam? Yeah, I think that's the key. We all know how how good and how tough and uncompromising uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers are. They are, uh, they can be a very very physical sort of you know combative team. Uh, we saw that you know, they were able to sort of really disrupt potential power in the uh, Pro Series game on Friday night at AJ Kelly Park. So if they can sort of produce that sort of form consistently on the road, look, I I would I would have them you know. You know, at least as sort of, you know, challenging, you know, for finals football and at least, you know, safely in mid in midfield as they have been for the last number of seasons. Um, but again, that, that's, that's a consistent thing. Yeah, Ballinger Park, you know, is a tough place to go. You know, sides have, sides have been, you know, some good sides have been beaten there. You know, some coaches have been sacked after after games there. So, um, so yeah, look, uh, that that. That fortress balance would cause nothing to sneeze at, but they're um look they're a solid team. Um again, not too many um star names. Uh, I think uh, a player like a young Kyan Bryant, I think is going to have you know a very very you know you know good season. He, I think that he he comes through. You know, made his debut last year. I think he he's looked all right. James Entercap as well. You know, up front, I think is going to also be a, a very very you know pivotal part of this side. So. 
So, so yeah, look, it's again, it's a very, very solid team, not many stars, but you know, as we say, solid teams are generally the toughest to crack. The uh, whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I think it's the phrase you might have been looking for there, Adam. Um, so that's the 12 NPL Queensland sides. Let's run through the round one fixtures very quickly. It all gets underway Friday night at the Croatian Sports Centre. Gold Coast Knights taking on Gold Coast United, Derby Day on the Glitter Strip. Then it is a very, very busy Saturday, starting at Walter Park, the return of Rolls-Royce, Morton Bay Olympic, Penn Power Sunshine Coast Wanderers at AJ Kelly, uh, part of a double header there. Underwood Park sees Rochdale host East, then the Football Foundation Cup, Luxury Paint Stadium, Lions hosting Redlands, and finally the second half of the AJ Kelly Park double header, Brisbane Raw against Brisbane City, Scott. I think all eyes are on the derby on Friday night, aren't they, with the... um... New additions to Gold Coast Knights and new additions for Gold Coast United. Two teams that people think are going to be right up there. A really nice early early season hit out for those who see exactly where they're at. And there'll be no love lost either. There's always fiery clashes with players and personnel from both sides crossing over continuously. So very much looking forward to that game on Friday night. Expectation is a wonderful thing. And now it is time for us to put our next on the line. We've got our season predictions so we'll go through the uh respective ladder calls and um let's see who am i going to throw under the bus first let's Yourself. go <laughs> let's go yeah. alphabetically adam all righty yeah this is this is tough because i think that you know there's gonna be so many factors that could come into this result you now obviously you know but this is this, my my predictions are based on what i believe you know if if all teams get through with pretty much their best, their best 11s plus their best subs. I know that's not going to happen, but it's the only way you can get a real barometer. This is, I think, how the season will pan out. So in 12th spot, I think Redlands, uh, 11th Sunshine Coast Wanderers, uh, 10th spot uh, Brisbane Raw Academy, 9th Redlands, uh, not sorry, Redlands Rochdale, I can't read my writing, uh, 8 8 Eats, 7th Olympic, 6th Morton Bay. Fifth, Brisbane City, and my top four, Gold Coast United in fourth, Peninsula Power third, Lions in second, and I think Gold Coast Knights will be the premiers. And I don't do and I don't do grand final finals predictions because that's anyone's guess. Scott? Okay, so you're you're not going off back order, you're just deciding to completely throw that plan out the window after the first one. All right, I see what you're doing. You're, you're, just gonna, you're trying to copy our homework, I think that's what it is, but 12th place, Redlands United. That's why That's why I've got the pen out now. Yep, 11th, <laughs> Eastern Suburbs. 10th, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 9th, Brisbane Raw. 8th, Rochdale Rovers. 7th, Brisbane City. 6th, Morton Bay United. 5th, Olympic. 4th, Gold Coast United. 3rd, Peninsula Power. 2nd, Lions. And I have Knights winning the league. Not by a lot. I think it'll be close, but I have Scott McDonald's side lifting the premiership. All right. My predictions are going to be as follows. Uh, the way I see this league going, I think it's going to be a very clear top two, a very, very congested group from third through to ninth, and then it is going to be a race, a three-horse race for the two relegation spots. I have in 12th place, Redlands, 11th place, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 10th, Brisbane Raw, just surviving the drop, 9th, Rochdale, 8th, East, 7th, Gold Coast United, 6th, Olympic, 5th, Peninsula Power, 4th, Moreton Bay, 
I'm coming for your uh, mayorship, Adam. Three, Brisbane City. I think we're going to see more of the second half of the season, Brisbane City, uh, basically for the whole campaign. Then I've got a bit of a gap. And then second, Lions. And winning the league by five points. Got Gold Coast Knights. I think Gold Coast Knights are only going to drop points in two games this season. That is going to be my bold prediction. You've just won the mayoral race of Morton Bay by a good five points of that prediction as well. <laughs> and and uh, Carrara as well, by the sound of it. Clean that off, out, Adam. You're done. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Still on my thunder one, aren't you? Oh, look, I think Morton Bay could go well, but wow. <laughs> I honestly think I honestly think you're going to wind up seeing sort of similar to the A League uh, this year, where that race for the final spots it's going to be anyone's guess with two weeks to go. In all, in all seriousness, look, I agree with you. I, I think it could be, it, you could uh, throw a tissue over you know, between three to about you no know, nine or ten. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is. I think. I think that's the general consensus across uh, the league, talking on and off the record, that this is going to be, you know, you know, a very, very tight. It's going to be a, a good season. I think if that's the case, you know what, we're going to see some great matches over the next uh, six months. Or so. Yeah, this was the hardest year yet to do these predictions, wasn't it? Because there's one or two teams at the top that we all kind of had in that top two, and then after that, it's really a blanket over all the rest of them. So it really will be a really tight season. Honestly, for me, the toughest part was the fact that just about every club has a ridiculously big gap between their ceiling and floor in terms of, you know, how how will they go if everything goes right? How will everything go if they go wrong? Like Gold Coast Knights and Lions, they're the two sides that I look at and say, even if everything goes wrong for them, they're still going to wind up finishing top four. You know, they might have to go on the road in the first week of the finals, but they're still going to be really damn good. Everyone else, Brisbane City, uh, I, you know, City I could see if everything goes right, and I emphasise every little thing, I could see them, uh, you know, finishing a lot closer to Lions and Gold Coast Knights than anyone expected, all the way down to Rochdale, who I think if everything goes right for them, they could make finals. If everything goes wrong... They're probably going to be battling relegation. I think it's probably going to be sort of a mix between the two. And for the three teams I have battling relegation, I think for them, their ceiling is probably mid-table. I just don't necessarily think they've got that top-end sort of difference maker that is going to get them uh, in that finals hunt in the end as well. And that's the difference so, in the league, isn't it? Last year, the year before, there were teams who you looked at and were very clearly relegation-caliber teams. There's none of those this year. Yeah. Also, as well, the absence of what we used to, what we used to as a big four. I don't think that exists anymore. I think that you know you're now talking six, maybe even seven clubs now that you could say that you know have got the capabilities to be you know in that finals race. I think again, I think you know more power to 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 the sides. No pun intended, especially to that team up north up north in the peninsula, um, that, yeah, this is, this is going to be a very, very close league and it's going to be fine margins like squad availability. Now, who's available at the end of the season that could actually decide the fate at, at both of the tables? So I think not just at the top, but I think at the bottom, you know, if, if, if a team really has a wretched run of injuries and unavailability, they could be in real trouble. So, you know, bring it on. I think it's going to be a great, great uh, 2023. And my big hope as well is that there are no major disruptions uh, to the fixture list where 
round 21 and round 22 are going to be the final two games of the season because those uh, rounds both have games, as it stands, kicking off simultaneously. So if that happens, we're going to be in for one hell of a fortnight of action. Mother Nature will have other plans, unfortunately. Yeah, hopefully not, not, but hopefully not, because that would be amazing if that was the case. It's the only yeah. time I'll say, bring on El Nino. <laughs> All right. Um, now, we are also very quickly going to touch on uh, the FQPL1 competition because, well, that's also shaping up as quite a lot of fun. Uh, but before we get into uh, that, we do have a pair of interviews uh, to bring you. We're going to start off with Adam Powell, the Surface Paradise Apollo captain, who I believe, Adam, you caught up with? I did. Okay, let's hear that interview now. Alrighty, I'm uh, joined by the uh, captain of Service Paradise Apollo, Adam Powell. Adam, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for your time. No, no, no problem at all. Um, obviously, you play for Surface Paradise Apollo, a club that's you know, had a very meteoric rise through the FQ Pyramid the last few years. You know, going from Gold Coast Premier League you know, through FQPL2 uh, and then in FQPL1 this season. Uh, can Obviously, the goal would be to go, go that one final step up to the top flight. Yeah, 100%. I think it's been a bit of a whirlwind over the past few years. And fair play to the club. You know, they keep um, setting the goal and setting the target year on year to get promoted and get better and better, not just rest on the laurels. So, now you're absolutely bang on. The, the target this year is, is another promotion. Um, and look, with the squad, we're kind of getting together. But we're quietly confident. It's going to be tough. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of established teams as well. But, you know, definitely what we're aiming for. Um, obviously, speak, uh, I'm talking uh, of your rise. Obviously, the uh, uh, winning the both the Premiership and the Grand Final FQPL two is that success. Um, obviously, motivation you now to replicate into going for this season, or you know, do, does it need to go to that next level? Obviously, with the um, I guess the more you know, the more tougher competition. Yeah, look, I think the target is 100%. Can we win every game we play and every competition we play in? Look, we're well aware that there's a lot of strong teams in the competition. Um, and then if we are going to kind of achieve these targets, everyone's going to be happy to bang on it from the first game of the season. That's players and staff and the whole squad, really. So I guess to answer your question, definitely the target, the double again, what a story that would be. But um, I think for us, it's more just going to be take it week by week, match ourselves up against these teams and then see where we land coming into the season. Obviously, it's a very settled squad from last season. A lot of players returning, of course, yourself uh, included. Um, of the new signings, um, obviously Morgan Saunders made a huge impact um, on over the weekend. Uh, is it players like him that is going to sort of you know, help help you guys get to that sort of to meet that challenge of the next level in FQPL one? Yeah, hundred percent. I think getting players like Morgo signed up, uh, and even getting Jamie Green back from. Mackay as well, who is with him, just having that experience of playing in the league. Don't get me wrong, we all back ourselves to be good enough to play the standard, but just having that know-how and experience of, of being in the league, what it's like, you know, what the facilities are like even, I think that's going to be a really good tool for us um, to help us achieve, for sure. Um, obviously, obviously uh, one, one uh, you know, I guess uh, both great cloud with uh, Bruno Rodriguez you know, going down with injury for a season. How much is his, um, him being out uh, it's going to um, sort of affect the squad. It's going to be massive for us. I think Bruno gives you so much on and off the pitch um, in terms of his leadership. You know, on the pitch, he's, he's very vocal. He worked hard. He puts in. He definitely sets the standard in terms of what the intensity should be. 
and then off it as well. You know, he's a great character to have around the dressing room. And as much as we're, we're going to miss him off the pitch, I do hope that, you know, he sticks around off it and can be a great mentor to the younger lads and a great assistance to, yes, and the more senior players and just driving those standards throughout the year too. And obviously as well, um, it, mu- it must be great to be in a, you know, be in a side that has a player such as Teddy Watson, you know, uh, who's been pretty much a talisman for the last few years. Oh, 100%. Look, I don't think there's a replacement for Teddy, for us. You know, we, hope, we hope he stays fit. His game's adapted over the years, but look so far from this year, he's, he's looking sharp. He's looking like he's going to have another big season for us. And, you know, we're quite aware that if Teddy has a great year and scores 20, 30 goals with the players around him hopefully chipping in as well, then that should definitely help us on our way. Obviously, um, Kappa Pro Series, um, you've had those two games so far as preparation. How do you personally... Um, Think what do you think of the uh, of the new concept? I love it. Yeah, it's great. I think because coming from England, you play a lot more games. You know, it's a big long season. We're probably three or four cup competitions in. So to come over here where the, the season's a bit shorter and there's less, it's it's nice to change that up. And it's glad that the powers that be have kind of realised that. And nice as a test yourself as well. Like we played an NPL team so far, good result, which has given us a bit of confidence of where we think we can end up this year. And then we've got a couple of big ones coming up with the likes of Penn Power and Morton Bay uh, and then even Logan too. We were in, in the MPR last year, so no, definitely a great competition and another one, you know, can we give it a crack? Can we go all the way? I guess we'll go and find out. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, uh, you guys have been the only club, the FQPL club, to actually knock off an MPL club in the in the Kappa Pro Series so far. Obviously, that would give you confidence um, going forward into the league. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's... You know, notoriously a tough place to go Sunshine Coast away against the Wanderers so we definitely take a lot of joy and a lot of belief out of that go up there on a super hot day I think the clock ticked 38 degrees on the drive up so it was you know, tough conditions for both teams um, but a 1-0 away from home on a Sunday afternoon that's kind of your stoke on a Tuesday night for us um, Obviously uh, obviously you, we've talked about you know a lot of your experienced players and whatnot. Are there any, um, I guess, younger players coming through the ranks that certainly could uh, sort of make a name for themselves this season that perhaps those that are sort of, you know, uh, listening may not be aware of? Without giving away your secrets, obviously. Yeah, well, hopefully the window's closed now, so I'm happy to tell you. Yeah. If it wasn't, I'd probably keep it tight. <laughs> Jack Barone is definitely the one. Um, he's had a great junior career and he really stepped up into the senior team last year. Um, great attitude, great work ethic, and ability-wise, you know, it's probably one of, if not the best player we've got in the squad. I think it's just down now to the senior players like myself and Teddy and Harvey and Goal, um, and then the coaching staff as well, just to get the best out of him, give him that environment where he feels supported, you know, can be confident to play his game, and he's another one along with Teddy who, if they fire, will have a great season. And one one final question, and it's probably an obvious one. Um, other than yourselves, who do you feel is uh, some of the clubs that are going to be fighting out with you at the business end of the season? Should everything go to plan? Look, I think Brisbane Strikers are definitely the clear favourites. I think the players they've signed, been there and done it at this level and, and above. Um, so I think they've got to fancy themselves for the top spot. But without knowing the league in too much depth, just from what I'm hearing, speaking of people, I think Western Pride, and Southwest Queensland Thunder. I think they're going to be some big competitors. Logan as well, having kept a lot of their squad, I believe. Um, I think it's going to be yeah, a big pile of good teams at the top and then it's just going to be a case of how well you can perform in those games against each other and then potentially winning the, the other games too. And uh, thanks to Adam for taking the time. Uh, pretty high hopes for Surface Paradise Apollo. And uh, we also 
caught up with Kai Barnes from Ace, who uh, I think is one of our favourites on the show as well. So uh, let's hear what Barnes had to say. I'm joined by uh, Albany Creek Excelsior midfielder Kai Barnes. Kai, uh, thank you, welcome to the show, and th- thanks for your time. No, thanks for having me, mate, and welcome to uh, Walter Park. Oh, thank you. Uh, obviously, um, I live locally, so you know, this is almost like home for me. But uh, besides, besides that, um, obviously, you're, you're new to the club this season, but you've got plenty of experience, you know, sort of, you know, in, in the local grades. Um, what, what brought you to um, Albany Creek? Yeah, so for me personally, I've known Steve for a few years. Um, there's been a few occasions when, you know, I've kind of been contacted by him and thought about coming over um, and it just didn't really work out in the past. Um, yeah, but for me personally, um, I was playing at FQPL 3 level last year, which was fantastic. Um, but I guess I, just the lure of challenging myself um, in at QPL level again and the attraction of being at a club like Ace with a new squad and, um, you know, some new ambitions, I was um, quite keen to come over. Yeah, also as you said, if you played for a number of clubs, uh, Potential Power, Redlands, Brisbane City, um, then obviously then dropped down to FQPL three to play with Pine Hills last season. Do you feel as though uh, FQPL one and where this squad's going? You, obviously, you feel guys that you be that you can obviously contribute to that uh, to the setup of the squad. Yeah, yeah. So I guess again, um, I do have a bit of experience at the levels. Um, and it is a bit of a younger squad compared to what Albany Creek's carried in the past few years. So again, that was probably one of the reasons why I wanted to come over was to try and bring that experience, um, help the club in a new competition, I guess, um, and yeah, try and add as much value to the team as I could. Obviously, Albany Creek has had a, bit, has had a meteoric rise through the grades. Um, Brisbane Premier League a few years ago won that. FUPL two last season promoted. Can you still see the, uh, this, this club, obviously, can they take that sort of next step and perhaps join their sister club in, with Morton Bay in the big, big time next year? Yeah, I mean, personally, um, I think that'd be fantastic for the club. As you said, it's been around in Brisbane for a number of years and been quite successful. Um, obviously, with the restructuring of the leagues, we, you know, the club's had to kind of work its way up. Um, and now in QPL1, I think the club's in a solid position where they want to be. Um, in terms of the future ambitions, I think, you know, um, it'd be silly for the club not to want to perform at a high level. Um, but again, this is our first season in this um, QPL competition. So, you know, we'll keep the, we'll manage the expectations in that sense as well. Obviously, you mentioned that it's a, it's a new squad. Um, there seems to be obviously a good mix between experienced players like yourself, Ali Russell and, uh, and you know, Jay Britton South come to mind. There's also younger players as well. Are there any sort of younger players that are sort of coming up, so maybe from the 23s, that could potentially make an impact uh, this season? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a number of lads that have kind of, I think last year, and again, between Morton Bay and Ormney Creek, kind of been in the, the 23 setups. Um, but we've got a number of lads in our first team squad who I think even tonight you'll see a few of them potentially starting. Um, a lot of them definitely coming off the bench and making an impact. And I think that's the beauty of the squad we've got. Um, the lads that come on, you know, they ooze quality as much as the lads on the pitch. So um, I think that's definitely a good thing we've got is a lot of um, good depth, especially with the younger players coming through. And obviously you're not, you're not playing tonight. You said you're injured. Obviously not, uh, not too far away from, um, from taking the field, given that uh, FQPL starts next week. Yeah, yeah. So I guess a um, bit of a precautionary one tonight. Um, take the night off. Uh, had a bit of a tweak last week, so um, just taking it easy tonight and then should be good for round one next week against uh, Mitchie. Speaking of um, this, uh, what we're here tonight with the Kappa Pro Series, um, 
it's it's a new it's a new concept and sort of new competition. How how as a player do you uh, find having these? You see, I guess seeing the competition games before the season start rather than having meaningless pre-season games. Well, not meaningless because they're never meaningless, but having competitive games before the real stuff starts. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think um, you know we can only use them where our squads at. I guess every game for us has been a bit of a building block, but to add that competitive edge into the games is, is fantastic. Um, so, and yeah, for the players, I think for the most part, most of the lads want to play as many games as they can. So having this extra competition against, you know, we'll come up against some really good MPL opponents, which is, um, you know, good for the development of the players in the team. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic, I think. And just, uh, just finally, um, obviously, you know, it's a new squad, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, is continuity the most important thing, you know, for, you know gelling into the side, you know, going forward? You know, obviously, so obviously expectations might be a little bit lower you know, to start season whilst side gets to know each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think in pre-season we've done a good job of, you know, getting the lads together and getting that gelling and continuity, but um, I won't lie, it is an ongoing process, you know, and I think um, hopefully as the season goes on we'll improve in that aspect and it'll, it'll be reflected on the field as well. Sorry, and one, one more thought, I promise this is the last question. Um, obviously the FQPL's competition this year, it's, it looks like it's going to be a tight competition. Who do you feel is probably, uh, other than yourselves, who's going to be sort of contending at the end of the season? Um, it's a good question. I think, as you said, it's going to be extremely tight competition. Um, based on paper and knowing a few of the lads and strikers, I think they do have a very strong squad. Um, maybe, you know, a few new names there, so I'm not sure if they're going through what we're going through with a bit of continuity, but I think they'll definitely be one of the favourites, if you will. Um, and then I think surfers as well, um, very good squad. You know, they've had to rise through the ranks as well, but I think they'll be quality as well. Anyway, uh, thank, uh, thanks, Kai, for your time and a good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, thanks to Kai Barnes as well. So that's all seven of our uh, interviews there, which you guys have done a good job compiling, if I do say so myself. Uh, because we have been going for quite a while already, we're going to make this a little bit more succinct and uh, just give our overall thoughts on the leagues and the storyline that we're looking forward to. So, Scott, what is your headline story from FQPL1? that this is an equally even season as the MPL. I genuinely look at this here and there's four, five, six teams that I could absolutely see in the finals picture. It's a very, very even. I think people look at teams like Brisbane Strikers and say, oh, they're a big club. They'll get it, they'll get themselves back eventually. Surface Paradise, the run they went on last year to get themselves promoted and look at them as the obvious favourites, but don't rule out teams like Logan who were relegated last year, I'm sure they will really want to right that wrong and they shouldn't have been relegated as we spoke about. Thunder are always strong and Western Pride have been good in, in the Kappa Pro Series. So there's a bunch of teams there that look quite strong that could be serious factors this year. Adam? Yeah, look, my, it's a similar vein to what Scott was saying. And this is just you know, impossible to pick almost. Um, it's actually, it actually is tougher than, um, than MPL. Because there are a few standard bearers in MPL, uh, but look, this could go. This could go absolutely anywhere. There is so many good, uh, you know, sort of intersecting storylines in that. Like I look at, I look at a team like South Southwest Queensland Thunder, who you know continually have been close. Uh, have been close to you know getting back to MPL, but falling just short. Uh, the, Surface Paradise has been on a on constant rise, you know, from 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 Gold Coast Premier League through FQPL two, 
FQPL1, they've probably got a side that could even go close to, you know, that one final step mm. up to up to MPL. And then the, the, a resurgent Western Pride as well, who have a number of, you know, Roachdale players who with Roachdale are going up to the um, up to the you know, MPL that they, they've brought in. Um, a lot of the players that, you know, were sort of cast aside have all seen the migrate to Western Pride, and that makes them a very, very solid team. You know, Brisbane Strikers, as well, they 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 bought up, you know, to a point where you know I think anything but but you know promotion would be an abject failure for them. Then you've got Logan, who again, as as Scott said, that um, that you know they 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 feel very very hard done by. Credit to them, they haven't really you know publicly gone out and you know talked about the injustices. I think James Cootens and his side, I think, are more intent on just getting the job done and getting back the fairway. And then you know at the other end of the table. There's a Sunshine Coast Fire who've announced their aspirations for the future. Where do they sit? And um, look, it even seemed like South, uh, Southside Eagles. You just do not know what they're capable of because one week they can be very, very plain. Next week they come out and beat teams by, by five. It is going to be a lot of fun to watch as well with the uh, FQPL1 competition. And we've also done predictions for that as well. Uh, I should mention my headline story as well, and it's basically the recruiting spree at Brisbane Strikers. It is very much a, basically an all-in chips push for them to try and get back into the NPL because I think, you know, we're not talking too much about the NSD here, but this is a club that feels like they should be back on the national stage. So they're going, they're trying to make sure that they're giving themselves every chance to do just that. So, uh, running through the uh, ladder, I'll go first this time, just so you guys are... Uh, <laughs> uh, we can copy your homework for a change. Yeah, yeah that's going to end well for everyone. Um, I'll go bottom to top. Uh, relegated, I've got Sunshine Coast Fire. I've got Caboolture in 11th. Wolves in 10th. Southside Eagles in 9th. Mitchellson in 8th. Palabar 7th. Ace in 6th. Western Pride in 5th. And then Logan fourth into the finals. Brisbane Strikers in third place. I think Southwest Queensland Thunder are going to get the job done. Uh, they're going to get themselves back into the NPL in second place. And, well, Surfers Paradise. I mean, they look really, really, really good. And um, my other just little note about promotion and uh, relegation from FQPL1. If it were up to me, which it very, very much is not considering all I do is just talking to a microphone uh, for FQ once a week. I would say not have the top two in the league as automatic promotion. The premiers and the grand final winners get uh, those uh, promoted spots. And then if uh, the team does the double, then it's second in the league. That would be my one change to the promotion structure. But again, what do I know? I'm, I'm just the commentator. Scott, what do you know? I would stick with the top two personally, but I will say that prediction-wise, in 12th, I have Capalabar, 11th, Sunshine Coast, 10th, Albany Creek, 9th, Mitchelton, 8th, Southside Eagles, 7th, Caboolture, 6th, Wynnum, 5th, just missing the finals, Western Pride, 4th place, Surface Paradise, 3rd place, Brisbane Strikers, 2nd place, Logan Lightning, and I have the Thunder finally getting it done as the Premier. All right, over to you, Adam. Okay, so I have in 12th place uh, Sunshine Coast Fire, 11th Mitchelton, 10th Capalabar, uh, 9th Wolves, 8th in 8th it would be uh, Albany Creek, 7th Southside Eagles, 6th Caboolture, 
I think Logan are just going to fall short about uh, the finals and finishing fifth. Uh, Western Pro fourth. Brisbane Strikers are just going to get touched out in third. Uh, Service Paradise in second. And I agree. I think Southwest Queensland Thunder, I think, are going to find a way to uh, to do it. I think they've got a very, very good squad uh, as they've been together. Uh, a big return in uh, Veko Sarugo. I think he he will complement uh, Mirko Crociati. I think those two are absolutely um, yeah, are absolutely sort of you know, important to that side. And if they fire, I think they will. Southwest Queensland Thunder, I think, will be back in the MPL of the Premiership. Again, I don't do predictions for finals. And also as well, I'm probably guilty not reading the uh, the competition regulations, but is the relegation places for FQPL 1, is there is there a playoff or is it just straight to up to down? I, I didn't didn't read that. Uh, not just. I, we'll check and we'll announce it on the Sunday show. Yeah. Cool. Adam can read the book and he can announce it Sunday. Yeah, more reading. Bloody yeah, I, I do remember something about a playoff as well, but I don't know if that was for the uh, women's. That's what's got me confused. I know the women's definitely there is a playoff, but I just don't know about the men if it's two up, two down. I Not that, not that matters. It's more of a sidebar to the conversation. Look, we've got to remember a whole lot of stuff for uh, this show, so I think we'll give uh, ourselves a pass on that. That's going to be. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe some someone that's maybe someone that's listening to this can actually drop us a comment and tell us. No, you, you can, can read the book. No, jeez. All right, that's do your homework. Very special edition of the uh, Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Yep. Thank you and good night. Thank you, Scott. Looking forward to the season getting underway, James. Definitely, and a big thanks to Chris Grossman, Matt Chandler, Darren Syme, Cameron Miller, Rick Coglin. Uh, Powell and Barnes as well for their time with the interviews. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Can't wait for the uh, season to come about. It's uh, going to be a fun six and a bit months, and we'll be here to review it all on the Brisbane Football Review. Remember to tune into the feed for NPL Sunday featuring Scott and Adam, and uh, we'll be back to review it all with our next regular edition of the Brisbane Football Review next week. We'll talk to you then.